Arise podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise. It's my pleasure to have with me Nina Lutz, who is our Director of Independent Living Services. Welcome, Nina. Thank you, Tanya. So we have um, a really fun topic to talk about today, (laughs) and it's something that makes Arise really unique among human service agencies. So we're an independent living center. You've been with Arise for almost 30 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And what makes an independent living center special? Well, there are many things, but one is our advocacy function. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so as a Center for Independent Living, we actually receive uh, specific funding that allows us to engage in advocacy. And a lot of people think advocacy is one-on-one advocacy. We're supporting a person with a particular issue or a barrier that they encounter, and that's very true. But what is special about our agency is that we're also engaging what we call a systems change advocacy, where we are trying to change larger systems by changing policy, procedure, law, sometimes even that physical environment. And we are engaging with local elected officials, business leaders, um, and just everyday people to make sure that changes that improve the life of, dis- of, of people with disabilities can be implemented and not only affect one person, but affect many. That's um, a great description because it is kind of hard sometimes to get your mind around the distinction between the, the one-on-one assistance, which we certainly do in advocating for people and that systems change, which is more complicated because it's bigger and can take a long time. Mm-hmm. And some of the systems advocacy that I know that we have accomplished are things like making a building more accessible. You talked about that. And then also the piece that I think we should focus on right now is, um, quite frankly, the money piece and the advocacy with our local legislators. And it's usually done around state budget time. So there's definitely money attached. But the really important part of that advocacy, I think, is education. Can you talk a little bit about um, just the the budget process to start? Yes. So each year we pay close attention to the budget, which, you know, the governor creates a budget, the assembly creates a budget, and the Senate creates a budget. And we are taking a close look at each one of those budgets to make sure that what we need funding for in order to provide services or increase the quality of life for people with disabilities is included in the budget. Or that items that make things more difficult for people with disabilities or take away uh, potential service delivery is not included. Right. And so our process is what we're doing is with in collaboration with the uh, Association for Independent Living, uh, which is a member- statewide membership organization here in New York State, and the Centers for Independent Living are members right. and participate in committee meetings where these issues are identified throughout the year. We know what is important, what kind of changes need to happen in order to make life better for people who have disabilities. So th- when the budgets are being released, Uh, we take a look and see what is included 
and what becomes what we call our disability priority agenda. So we outline a number of items in the disability priority agenda, and we use that disability priority agenda to communicate with our local elected officials to educate them on whether or not support for those issues uh, is a good thing for their constituents who have disabilities, Mm -hmm. or whether or not they should speak out against it. Right. And there's a lot to unpack in that statement. And I, I, I would, let's go back to the process because mm-hmm. the, the governor releases her budget. I love to say her, by the way, <laughs> her budget in um, January of every year. And that's a blueprint for state spending for the next year. And then, um, as you mentioned, the, the Senate and the Assembly, they release their versions of it. And then the three branches, or the three bodies rather, get together and then try to have a state budget in place by April 1st. And the thing that's become more prevalent is that it's a budget, so you would think this is about spending, but more and more of our budgets have policy Mm -hmm. issues in them. So it's advocating for funding to do what we need to do, as you described, but it's also looking at some just policy issues that end up into law through this budget process. So it's really gotten very complicated, wouldn't you say? Right. Yes. So it 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 revolves around the 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 funding, but the money piece is either supported or needed because <clears throat> in order to free up uh, funding or save funding, especially when we look at, you know, Medicaid expenses, often comes with policy changes because these changes need to be implemented in order to um, save money for for Medicaid. And those policy changes have often a detrimental effect on people who need uh, Medicaid for, and I'm just using that as as an example. Um, So we need to, you know, we need to take a very close look as to not only what do the finances look like, but what are the policies that accompany those finances and how do they affect the people that we serve. Absolutely. And before we dive into some of the specific issues in the disability priority agenda that you mentioned, I think the other piece that's really important when I'm participating in meetings with our local officials is that you know, one in five of us has a disability. So this is a huge part of our community and a huge part of their constituency. And even if um, someone doesn't have, identify as having a disability themselves, they've got someone in their life, probably a close person in Mm -hmm. their life that does. So this is a really immediate part of the work that our elected officials are supposed to be doing to support our community. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Oh, yes, for sure. And and we do hear that. So when we, you know, we, we meet every year with our elected officials and we do hear that there are, you know, definitely personal stories right. and people can relate to what we are asking, requesting or educating on, but it doesn't always translate in a positive outcome for the issues that, you know, that, that is on that agenda. And as you mentioned before, you know, many times we go back year after year after year and we're asking for the same type of support, you know, for the same issue because um, 
Albany just has not made the decision to support some of these right. these pieces that are critical for the folks that live in our communities and right. need, need that help. There's a lot of competition out yes. there and yeah. a lot of really um, important constituencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, education yeah. and business and all those pieces equally important and have to fit together. Right. But of course, if we're looking at 20% of our community that's not being included and giving access, that is a huge piece of it. Right. It is a huge piece, and some of the uh, the requests that we are making are not really huge dollar amounts. Right. Uh, you know, some of it is, you know, small potatoes, I would call it. Right. But still, you know, and sometimes m- maybe the bigger pieces get much more attention. But you would think that... Um, you know, asking for a million dollars to make sure that people can remain in their homes so that you can make some adjustments to the accessibility uh, is is not too much to ask. But it's 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 a push that we have to, you know, that that we have to make every single year. And we haven't been terribly successful in some of those uh, issues, while others, you know, we, we we do take home some successes and and we have good outcomes. Right. Well, it's. Um as you said, a, a long-term process, mm-hmm. an education process, and just uh, being persistent. So yeah. let's talk about some of the issues that are on the disability priority agenda. So this year, um, as in other years, we have some repeats, as I just said. Um, we have uh, requested uh, support for access to home. Right. Uh, that is a program that allows uh, people to receive uh, grant-based funding uh, that can be forgiven if they stay in their home long enough um, that would allow them to make access modifications. So if somebody finds themselves in, in need for you know an accessible bathroom on the first floor or some kitchen modifications so that they don't have to leave their home and go into a nursing home, uh, they, can, they can access that funding. Uh, that program is currently funded at a million dollars for the entire state of New York. And of course, a million dollars doesn't go very far. Not at all. So, and, and I think almost anyone can relate to the need to make some modifications to their home and how potentially expensive that can be. And that's not, it's for people with a disability, but also people as they age. And as right. you mentioned, it's very economical and um, makes more sense on so many levels for someone to be in their home in the community rather than in a higher cost place. Right. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's been a push for many years, and we're going to continue to push. And, and we have another uh, podcast where we talk about our RAMPS program, where we basically have volunteers and donations to fill some of those gaps, which, quite frankly, the state should be supporting some of this right. work. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the RAMPS are definitely valuable, but you know, we don't go into somebody's home and make right. interior modifications where this funding could be really, you know, critical and it's just so valuable. Absolutely. Um, The other one is um, a request for increases uh, for Centers for Independent Living. Um, We are currently funded at, uh, I think it's $16 million uh, throughout, um, you know, New York State. We would like to have an additional $2 million attached to that. And um, we... Uh, I think we have learned that that is in not in any of the budgets, so it doesn't look like Centers for Independent Living will be receiving an increase this year, whereas most other human service agencies have been 
um, have been marked to get a cost of living increase right. um, because we are not identified as a human service agency. Uh, we are excluded from receiving any kind of cost of living increase and not getting additional increase to our independent living center funding really keeps us level funded. So uh, it, it has an effect on, you know, the individuals who work for us. Right. And when we say we, we're not saying that Arise is getting $16 million. No, right? no. We're talking we, about $16 million <clears throat> over how many centers? I think it's right now at 41. Okay, so we've got $16 million yeah. for the entire state. State of New York. Spread mm-hmm. across 41 centers. Yes. Really doing the only work that we do in terms of serving people with all ages and all disabilities. Yes. That's... Yes. Um, that's not a lot when you divide no. it by 41. No, it's not a lot. I mean, it probably doesn't even get you an, an additional advocacy position for the agency. Right. And then the other piece you mentioned with the cost of living increase is um, really interesting and a little bit wonky, but we'll get a little bit wonky here because <laughs> um, the people that work for Arise and under other independent living centers, they're doing direct work one-on-one with people as we talked about with the advocacy and because we as independent living centers are within the state education department in the new york state Mm -hmm. government that's why we're not considered a quote-unquote human service agency getting these cost of living increases it's kind of a glitchy technicality but it has a real impact yes yeah yeah unfortunately where we are housed you know excludes us from you know, receiving that increase. And it's, you know, we're doing the same work right. as everybody else. Right. And uh, yet we find us, you know, sort of on the losing end. <laughs> well, we have to do more education, right? We do, we do. And uh, I mean, there, there's certainly, there's always room for improvement. And I think we hear that when we do our education uh, throughout, um, you know, our region here with our local elected officials that there is acknowledgement that there is room for improvement. Absolutely. And uh, is there another issue you want to highlight? Um, yeah, I think I, I would like to say the ombudsman program. We have a fantastic, so throughout New York State, there is an ombudsman program which relies uh, heavily on volunteers to go into nursing homes and listen to the concerns that nursing home residents have. Uh, that program, like I said, it's it's mostly based on volunteers right. uh, to support it. And uh, during the pandemic, we have seen that, um, you know, volunteers uh, have been more reluctant uh, to go into nursing homes. And we have lost a lot of the volunteers that have done that work. Uh, so there is a push right now to increase funding for the program and make it actually a work workforce-based program so that uh, the the individual regions that hold the program can hire more staff and have paid staff to go into the nursing homes and work with the residents there. Right. And we have another podcast highlighting that program and just describing the incredibly important work that the ombudsman program does every day. And um, that's, again, another education piece in terms of explaining the program to folks and explaining its impact so very important and you know and I would say that you know the work that you and your team do every year is so important and it may feel like we're not making a lot of progress but I'm really encouraged when I have been in these meetings with our local officials that 
our local delegation really gets it. Like you mm-hmm. had mentioned, they have they have direct experience. They they really value the work that we're doing at Arise. I I really value the work that you do every day, Nina. And just thanks for everything. Thank you very much. It's just so much fun to be here, and I I love what I do. And I know that the staff who work in the advocacy department are the best advocates there are. They sure are. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise. Support Independence. Thank you.